Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Wyndham Garden Lafayette. And by Sheward & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative business consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. As social animals, we humans tend to ask each other two main questions. How are you and what do you do? When we ask how are you, we're looking for a one-word answer, something like fine, not a full medical report. But the response to what do you do tells us a lot of information about someone besides what they do. For example, the reply, I'm a neuroscientist or I'm a bass player in a punk band, tells us more than just what each of these people do all day. It tells us this is somebody I'd like to talk more to or this is somebody I can probably walk away from and go and get another beer. Then again, once in a while you meet someone who tells you what they do and you have no idea what it might mean about them because you have no experience with anyone who does a job anything like that. And that's where we are here today on Out to Lunch. Paul Q is a freelance photojournalist. Paul's photos have appeared locally in The Advertiser and The Advocate in print across the country and in publications like USA Today and online on news sites like NBC News. Paul, welcome to Out to Lunch. Hey, how are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. It's nice to have you here. Or good afternoon, whatever time of day it is, yeah. <laughs> Cody Chamberlain has one of those dream jobs that every kid who ever sat in a classroom with a piece of paper and a pen has wanted from the age of 10. Cody draws comics, yes, for a living. Cody is the creator of Sweets, a New Orleans crime story, Punks the Comic, and other titles you've most certainly heard of if you're in the comic world. Cody's a big deal in the world of comics, and he lives right here in Lafayette. Cody... Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. Paul, we can figure out this much. Freelance means self-employed. Photojournalist is a person whose photographs tell stories. In an era where everybody with a phone is a photographer, posting photos of everything from plates of food to videos of police violence, how do you get a news outlet to pay you for one of your photos? Is it simply a question of talent? Do you take better photos than the average amateur with an iPhone? Um... I would I would say there, there's there's a lot more to photojournalism than uh, than just taking you know a pretty picture. There, there's there's a lot of stuff on the back end, and there's a lot of storytelling involved in the, uh, in in the craft. So, um, am I necessarily better than than somebody with an iPhone? Not 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 really. You know, somebody could end up taking a better photo than me on any given day, any given circumstance. But I think um, whenever outlets and stuff reach out to me, they they understand that uh, I do have a background in being able to visually tell a story, being able to uh, bring context into the photo, be, being able to uh, convey to readers and, and viewers that there is some sort of significance to the moment that was captured. So you don't just spend your days wandering around with a camera hoping to bump into an interesting story? Not anymore. I used to do that in my days as a newspaper photographer, but uh, I've uh, since moved on from that part, uh, portion of my career. and. Um, you know, now nowadays things are a little bit more studied, a little bit more uh, more researched for me, and I, I look into things a lot more rather than uh, 
photographing things on the fly. So you're actually hired by a news outlet for a specific story and they tell you, do you discuss the angle they want and the kind of story they want to tell? Absolutely, yeah. And I, I, uh, I work a lot more with magazines than newspapers and, uh, and wires and stuff these days. But I, I do... Uh, get to talk to editors, get to talk to uh, journalists, get to talk to reporters about um, how my imagery can best serve the, the story that they're trying to tell for, the, for that particular issue. Cody, I imagine that as a comic book artist, the hours you spent sitting at your desk writing stories and drawing pictures must be the good part of the job. But to get to that point where you're able to make a living writing comics must require plenty of other hours spent on either side of those creative hours. So start off by telling us a little bit about what has to happen before you start work on a comic and what happens after you, you hand it in. Well, the work before a comic is mostly, um, I think, living an interesting life because without life there's no good stories. You just become derivative. You know, you sort of, uh, let me do Die Hard but set in a mall. You know, you sort of become that creator. Uh, and that's, for me at least, that's the worst possible place to be. So um, I think you'll find that a lot of writers do have some sort of a, um, I guess, a distorted background of sorts. Uh, family history, tragedy, things like that. Um, and a lot of that stuff, if you can survive it and get through it, I think it makes for, you know, an interesting writer later on in life. I think if you've had a very happy, healthy, easy life, um, your perception of the world may be a little bit different than someone So do you else's. have to suffer to create art? <clears throat> Um, I don't think you have to suffer, but I think... Are you like the Morrissey of Acadiana? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm a pretty happy guy. But I think what happens is um, if you can sort of go through those hard times, uh, everything else sort of has the volume turned down on it. And so in some ways, um, you know, to sort of go deep into your memories and pull out those bits of your past and incorporate it into your work uh, isn't as terrifying as and you're someone that one of the few comic book artists that actually writes the story. You create everything from start to finish all on your own. Right. Is that because it's better creatively or are you a control freak? It, it started because early on I was having trouble finding collaborators. So it was in the early days of the internet. We were on uh, AOL. And that was because you were in Acadiana and not in a big city somewhere? Um, originally in Thibodeau. I was born and raised in Thibodeau, and that's kind of where I initially got started. Moved here for college. The internet was sort of just getting going, but uh, I had reached out to a few people locally. Uh, I was initially going to just be an artist and not write. And um, I've had a few projects go bad where the, the scripts just weren't coming in or they weren't any good. And so I kind of I taught myself to write because I had trouble connecting with a good writer. And that's kind of happened a lot through my career. And I, I taught myself to color my comic for the same reason. Um, just, you know, to, in order to ever get a book finished, I kind of had to start doing those jobs. And so out of necessity. And, but over time, I've come to like it. You know? But also, I, I write some comics that I don't draw and I draw some comics that I don't write. So I say writer and or artist. It kind of depends on the project. So both of you are involved in storytelling and business. How much is each one important? Is the story the most important thing or is it doing business well that's equally important or more important? Um, I think it's a, synth a synthesis of the two. You know, without one, the other doesn't work. Um, and so I think you need to have a good grasp of both. And on the business side, I didn't have any business training, I didn't go to business school, so I, for me it was a good five or eight years of making critical mistakes and learning those lessons and applying it to future projects and slowly kind of getting better. Um, I would have loved to have had some business training in college in my graphic design program, but it just wasn't there. 
Um, so for me, it's kind of just school of hard knocks on the business side and, and studying what other people do that works. How yeah, you, Paul? yeah, and I, I'm, I'm I'm with Cody on this one. I I, I think there there has to be, especially if you're working in a professional capacity, there there has to be uh, a little a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. You know, there's a uh, there you. To, to survive as a professional, you can't really tell the stories that you want to if you're if you're having to um, if you're having to uh, you know gather your means all the time. Um, you know some some of the best uh, visual storytellers, some of the best photographers I know, uh, have moved on to other careers because they weren't necessarily as good with their finances. Or some people who are great some people who are great business people aren't necessarily great visual storytellers. So there, there has to be uh, some sort of balance in order to have uh, a pretty sustainable career and make sure that you, know, you, you can be able to you know, put food on the table for one and be able to pursue the projects that you, you want to in the future. Do you guys work through agents or managers or do you just get your own work and run your own companies? Uh, on the comic side, I do everything myself. Uh, a lot of conventions and networking. Um, on the film and television side, I've had some success there selling projects or optioning projects. And I do have representation in Hollywood. I have a, a manager, a talent manager in Hollywood. Um, and his primary role is to help me get into rooms to talk about my work and try and pitch it. And that's sort of his role. He, he has his ear to the ground there about who's looking for what types of projects and who might be interested in the material I happen to be working on. Um, and so when I go out, we'll sometimes do 12 or 14 meetings in a week, um, just meeting a lot of people and, and pitching, you know, essentially cold calling. Um, a few of them maybe have read the stuff I've come in with, but most haven't. So it's to be sort of pitching the ideas, and um, so it depends on which field. If it's if we're in comics, it's all me. Uh, film, television, I tend to do uh, Los Angeles with my manager. Yeah, and cur currently I'm not uh, represented by anybody. Uh, you know, I I don't really have a need for that uh, personally. Uh, I do I do have a lot of friends in the photojournalism world who who are represented by people who can you know connect them with the, the proper outlets to be able to tell certain stories. And, and both stuff, of you but, have a yeah. fairly good presence on social media. You use it a lot to build your reputations. Cody, you were one of the first people that I ever found on Kickstarter. In fact, I think you introduced me to Kickstarter. Um, how did you find it in the early days? Are you a natural early adopter? And what made you use Kickstarter before it was yeah. a thing? Um, I listened to This Week in Startup, the Jason Calacanis podcast. And um, I think the first time I heard about it was on his podcast. And tech startups are using it for various things early on. At that point, for, I had no. anyone using it Let's just explain for those who don't comics. know. Kickstarter is a crowdfunding program right. where you put a project up and they can donate money they get rewards for that so they might get a, an issue of the comic or they might get I know at one point you could have your actual picture in one of the comics in the background so you raise money before you make the comic by doing that and then the people get their rewards but you've got the money to go ahead and make your comic yeah for me it was a, a bit of a strange case because I already had a publisher I didn't need money for publishing I was already going to publish through image comics uh, but Image Comics, all the books we do there are created, which means we're responsible for any expenses that come on the book. Um, so beside the actual printing and freight costs that the publisher covers, uh, I didn't really have a marketing budget for that book. So my Kickstarter was specifically for the marketing for the project. And so it was a little bit of a strange thing. I hadn't seen anyone do it that way before. Uh, it was mostly an experiment to see if I could pull it off because I was interested in Kickstarter. I had been studying it a bit. And so uh, it became a fun challenge and ended up being one of the first comics to market. Uh, the, I was on a panel with Kickstarter, uh, some of the representatives there, and 
they told me that I was the first comic to hit the shelf that went through Kickstarter, which is kind of fun. Uh, I knew previously there were some independent comics that had been on it that had sort of just done regional distribution with their fan base, but to actually get on the shelf in major retailers, um, Sweets was apparently the first comic to do that. Paul, through college you had some interesting jobs that weren't photography. What did you learn from being a bank teller in Erath? Bank teller in Erath. Uh, so I've grown up in uh, Vermilion Parish my entire life. Like I lived there until I graduated college. Uh, and there's always a, place, a part of home that you don't understand. And for me, that was that side of the parish. And for me, working in the drive-through at the bank every day was uh, a learning experience in that I was able to talk to different people of different ethnic backgrounds, different uh, financial backgrounds, pe people who uh, you know came in who just needed somebody to talk to every single day. And so it was important for me to understand how to level with anybody of, of any of any given background. So And do those skills that you learned talking to different people apply in your photography career? Absolutely. Now? Yeah, and it was something that I continued learning at my my time in the newspaper world that you everybody has a story, everybody has something to tell you. And it doesn't matter if they're rich, they're poor black, white, gay, straight, whatever. Because in drive-thrus yeah. in other parts of the country, there may not be these conversations going on, but in Louisiana generally, and especially in Acadiana, it's a constant chat. It's not just about their accounts. Absolutely. They, it's, it's a visit for them. It's ab absolutely. And they, you know, they would ask me about what I was studying in college at the time. They would ask me you know, who my mama was. And they, the oftentimes they would actually know. Yeah, yes, can, can, can you make a roux? And they, they would ask... It, it, it was mostly like coffee shop conversation, you know, 30 to 45 seconds at a time. And it was very interesting to get to know people uh, several times a week whenever they would come to make their deposits or come make withdrawals, uh, to be able to get a slice of their life, how they were doing that day, and uh, to be able to understand what's going on with them. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking to photojournalist Paul Q and comic book artist Cody Chamberlain. Cody, I know that you've chosen to live in Lafayette and just take trips to Hollywood. Is there a... a a stage in your career when you think you actually have to move and be in Hollywood where the scripts are? Well, I say never say never, but um, that's not in the plans at all. I love it here. I love being here. When I close the door at the end of the day and I'm done with work and I leave, that's when Louisiana kind of becomes important. The sense of community, the family, the festivals, the food, all that stuff. When, when I walk back in the next morning to go back to work, um, I sort of feel refreshed, you know, and I think that's a really important thing for a creator to feel. And I think if you look at the wealth of incredible creativity that's come out of the state, music, food, um, you know, even uh, technology, you know, there's a lot of innovation going on here right now. Um, the great literature that's come from the state, um, I think it has a lot to do with that. The, the sense of lifestyle. I mean, from, and if I could pay Paul a compliment, you had asked about whether or not he's better than most photographers. Um, I think the thing Paul does that most photographers don't. I do get out. I joke about not going places, but I do kind of get out. And when I do, Paul is always there. He's and he's always, always shooting. <laughs> he's everywhere you go. And so I think part of the reason why he's so good is just the hours he's put in. Um, but also the fact that, you know, to get that one great shot, you have to take some bad shots. You have to sort of find your subject and explore. And so I think the hours he puts in, I think, is, is a big factor of why he does so well. Yeah, and absolutely. And, uh, and just to add to that, um, you know, Photography has been just a, a lifelong learning lesson about failure, about uh, success, and about 
taking both of those and trying to make yourself a better person. So and you're also known as an incredibly easy photographer to work with, and I think that's a very deliberate thing by you. Yeah, to and, I, be and that. I, I try, I try, uh, try very hard to maintain that that sort of reputation. Um, you know, cook. You, you Didn't had, someone recently say you should be mayor of Lafayette? Jay Steiner did. Uh, well, well uh, he's. Uh, he, he's an interesting fellow in, in his own right, but uh, the, the main asset that, that I try to bring to the table as far as uh, photography in this community is that I try to be as involved as Cody's talking about. I, I try to be as involved, and a, lo a lot of these events that, uh, that I end up going to, I, get, I end up going to just to experience them or just to be with friends or uh, meet new people. So, um, you know, so are you planning to stay here for your entire career, or is New York calling, or uh, is this just somewhere to learn, or is it somewhere to stay? It, it's it's uh, currently where I want to be. Uh, I'll say that. Um, <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, that I'm never going to say never to moving to somewhere else, but where I am currently, it inspires me and it makes me want to stay. Uh, and you've what, both been involved in building the community here. I know that Cody, you were heavily involved in bringing. Is it? Lafayette Comic Con, the Louisiana Comic Louisiana Con, Comic Con to yeah. here, and Paul has just helped create a whole new parade at Mardi Gras. Do you want to tell us about those passion projects? And yeah, so for for us, we we saw that there was a, a need for a more interactive Mardi Gras experience, and so last year, a friend and I. Um, his name is Hunter Aber. He actually works for Downtown Development Authority. Uh, but this was a personal project of ours. We ended up gathering a, a group of individuals who had the same vision as we did, and we wanted to create a Mardi Gras that was more on the ground instead of on the on floats. And so we we ended up bringing together a group of about 175 marchers, and there were thousands of people who lined the streets on the Friday night before Mardi Gras to, to experience something new. Everybody took a leap of faith with us, and it was uh, really interesting. We wanted to create a new thing for downtown Lafayette and for the citizens of Lafayette. So we, we, we think we did that. And Cody, you bought Louisiana Comic Con right here to Lafayette. Why did you do that? Why not just go to the Comic Con in San Diego and be happy with your line of people and the fame you have outside the city? Why bring it here? Well, I, through the years, I've been here a long time. I moved to Lafayette in 1993, so I've been here a long time. Um, and over those years, I've seen a lot of very talented creators pack up and leave town to go to New York City, like you were saying, you know, Los Angeles. Uh, a lot of people go to places like Port Portland and Austin, um, and they may be doing a mundane job. Abbeville. Yeah, Abbeville. They may have a, a mundane job, but aspirations of doing something very creative. Uh, they'll pack up. Example, a barista. You may be a barista in a cafe and doing a great job of it, uh, but they want to feel like they're part of a creative scene. They'll pack up and move to Austin and still be a barista in Austin. And so it's not necessarily the job people move for. It's the creative scene where they feel like they're part of something. In a lot of ways, I felt like we were missing that in the entertainment arts specifically. We certainly have it with music. Uh, we got that covered. But in the entertainment arts, there really wasn't much here of, of that type of thing. Um, so me and my office mate, Rob Guillory, we travel a lot. We've done a lot of conventions together. Um, and we were talking about maybe trying to start a convention here. And so throughout that conversation, we started attending some conventions with Greg Hanks, who runs the Louisiana Comic Con. Uh, he was originally doing uh, shows in Mississippi, and then he did one in uh, Bossier City. That was fantastic. And he does such a great job. He's an incredible promoter. They just hustle like crazy. Um, so we, we approached him about it, about maybe figuring out a way to bring something down here. And it was at that point he mentioned that they were already working on trying to do one in Baton Rouge. And obviously we can't have that. 
So we stepped in. Uh, we worked really hard to try and get uh, them to come to Lafayette instead. We we took them out, showed them around, and it's been a huge success. It's been fantastic. It's been growing every year. Um, the guests, the attendees. It. I think it's about 9,000 people through the door. It's a really big event, and it's. Uh, I think it's helped the community a lot. I think it's helped the creative scene, and so Paul, if there's walking, anything I can do, your walking thing will be up yeah. to nine thousand people in just a few but years. The, the, you know, know, the walking, so, yeah. the walking Mardi Gras is a great kind of tro- throwback to the core de Mardi Gras, the Cajun Mardi Gras kind of. It's a nice fusion, I think, of those two yeah, worlds. So, somebody, cool. somebody compared it to. Uh, it, it was the ultimate country comes to town type yes. of Mardi Gras. Yes. And I think this is the part people don't talk about. Keeping creative people to work here means that the, those little projects spill out into the community. You don't just work isolated. You just can't help but create other things around So you. you can't really create work in a vacuum in the city. Uh, I mean, it, it is possible, of course, but with, with this city, it, it's so it's so community-oriented that you, your work ends up affecting the community in some way. Yeah. Paul and Cody, this is part of the show that we call Another Great Idea. Maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got that great idea for you. They tell you about this job you should apply for, or that guy you should have a cup of coffee with, or a great investment opportunity that you should jump on now. You can take advice like this and it turns out to be a disaster. You can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that might have turned out really great. Or you can take your friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Do you have an example in your life or career of that friend who had a good idea for you? Did you take their advice? How did it turn out? So, one of my, um, just to give some background, I I worked for the Daily Advertiser, the newspaper here in Lafayette, the biggest newspaper here in Lafayette, from 2012 to the end of 2015. And I had never really done much photojournalism before that job. And in the first few weeks, my mentor, colleague, uh, very good friend, Leslie Westbrook, who currently works for The Advocate, within the first few weeks, he said, treat this job like every day is a field trip. And, you know, that sort of became my mantra over the past five, six years. And tell us what you mean by that. Absolutely. So whenever I talk about every day is a field trip, uh, I think back at being a a child, going on these field trips. And not every field trip was great. Some field trips were better than others. But overall, field trips were supposed to be a learning experience. They're supposed to be a new place for somebody to discover every single day. And for me... I want to bring that experience, you know, to my personal life. Um, not every day is going to be best. Not every day is going to be super glamorous or, or awesome or anything. But there is something I can learn from every single experience, every single assignment that I take, every single trip that I take, every single person that I meet. There, there, there's always going to be something that I can take home from that and use that to become a more well-rounded person. And it, it's that's it's been my guiding principle for the past six years. It's working. That's cool. Um, I mean, I guess I'll go a little bit more um, pop culture. Stephen King has a book called On Story. It's about sort of his process and his behind the scenes. Um, and there's a lot of great stuff in the book. But the the one piece in there that really stuck with me and spoke to me as something I hadn't tried that I then took advice for and has worked brilliantly was to not constantly talk about the projects you're working on. Um, sort of stay silent, keep it bottled up inside because that's where the energy comes from. In other words, you get that instant re- reward of everyone saying, right, that's great, exactly. and then you never do it the project. It dissipates the energy yes. for the project. And so his advice, obviously, I remember just as a writer, this. is to, um, to not constantly talk about the story you're writing and keep it bottled up because that's really the fuel that makes you want to sit down and get that story out. And so I do take that advice a lot. Not that I don't talk about stories because sometimes 
you have to talk about it a little bit to vet it, make sure it works, even test the audience a little bit. There's some market testing that kind of goes with it. But yeah, not, I've seen you have little conversations it, in the coffee shop. Right, but not to use it as entertainment and uh, a reason just to, for a chit-chat, uh, to really keep it contained inside and, and pour it out when you sit down to work. And that, that advice has been huge for me. And again, it's one of the pieces where over time you learn little lessons and things and they like started building bricks when you're assembling a house, you know, you, one little piece at a time. But that was a big piece of advice that I took to heart and it's kind of changed the way I, I work. I could talk to you guys all day. Paul, I know that you're planning to stay in Acadiana, but if Radiohead or Kanye called and asked <laughs> you to follow them on tour for a year as their photographer, how long would it take you to say yes? Less than 24 hours, probably. Yeah, uh, no, they, um, they, there's always been big opportunities that come up and uh, and always have to consider uh, where I'm going to be at the end of it, where I am now um, and stuff. So it, it, if, if a big opportunity comes up, who's to, who's to say I wouldn't take it immediately? Aren't you going to be at every Radiohead gig next year anyway, almost? Something like that, yes. yeah. Just uh, quite, quite a bit of them, yeah. Just in case they're listening. <laughs> We're very proud of our creative community here in Acadiana. Typically, we think of those folks as creating food or music. Today, that we found out that we can broaden the scope of that definition to include comic book art and photojournalism as avenues of creativity in Acadiana. Paul and Cody, thank you for being generous enough to spend some time with us and share some insights into your lives. Thank you both for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you very much, Matt. It's a pleasure. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been comic book artist Cody Chamberlain and photojournalist Paul Q. You can find out more about Cody's comics and Paul's photos by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morell. Our researchers are Anne Christian and Ali Coates. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsacadiana.com, and on our It's Acadiana Facebook page. These photos were taken by Lucius A. Fontenot. You can find out more about Lucius at lafphoto.com. You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at itsacadiana.com. You can keep up with us on all sorts of social media by going to our websites, itsacadiana.com and krvs.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and krvs 88.7 FM. I'm Aileen Bennett. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Cafe Vermilionville for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette. Cafe Vermilionville is open Monday to Friday for lunch and six nights a week for dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The Out to Lunch Acadiana theme music, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Nishin. Out to Lunch Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Sheward & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. 
Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Collie Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, and a free shuttle within three miles that includes the airport and downtown restaurants.